Welcome to The Rock Church, a vibrant, enthusiastic, edgy church meeting in West Bridgeford, Nottingham. You can find out more about us by visiting the-rock.org.uk. We hope you were blessed by this message. It's nice to meet you. So I think everyone in this room knows me, um, I believe. But the reason I mentioned about the fluids is because I'm a bit of a snob with water, um, a bit of a life change, and I don't really like tap water anymore. It's a bit minging, especially if you give it a long time, then you retaste it, you almost have to spit it out. Um, it'd be a bit embarrassing if I had to do that tonight and spit out water on the stage. So, um, so my name is Rory, last name Green. I'm 34, I'm a Virgo, so that means I was born in September. I'm happily married to Sharice at the front there. Um, my biggest passions are Jesus and helping people, and then thirdly, couldn't help but just slip the lead shirt on today. I, I, I came rushing back from Ellen Road today because they had a power cut, which was the, the most bizarrest of things. Um, such is life, and that's what I like. I like things in life being spontaneous. I like life to challenge me different things. Um, before I go into my message today, um, I always remember that Kate loves a little joke, doesn't she? Kate loves a little cheeky joke, and usually it's like a... Uh, worldly thing. So I'm going for all those Christian freaks out there. You might have heard this one. <laughs> I flip in love this one, it's class. Have you ever heard of the five constipated men of the Bible? So here we go. First one was Cain because he wasn't able. Oh. Moses because he took two tablets. Balaam, he had trouble with his ass. And that is in the Bible, by the way. Donkey ass. <laughs> King Solomon, believe it or not, he was sat on his throne for 40 years. <laughs> Ooh. And then lastly, King David, he said no power in heaven or earth could move him. That's challenging. Before I slip that, Glynny, did you get any of those, brother? That's good, man. But today, I'm, I'm here to talk about other things that are tough in life. Like constipation, but a lot tougher than that at times. I heard this quote the other day, and it really, like, got me. And it is quite funny, so I might have to say it twice, but... Is anyone here, tonight, or in your life, struggled with insignificance? You feel insignificant, perhaps even ineffective. I know I'm not the only one. You don't have to say anything, but if you feel that way, try shutting yourself in a dark room at night and go to sleep with a mosquito in the room. You can't sleep, can you? How big is a mosquito? Tiny, so don't ever think you're insignificant. But I'm here to share um, four pictures I want to go through if you can get them up if you can't don't worry because I've been there I know how it is if not I can describe them because I did do my homework I'm not just blagging it I have got do you know really I've got notes as well that I have to show you because out of Rich and I the two of us all these bad boys usually I freestyle it because I love a freestyle 
It's because I'm short. It's all right. I receive that. I receive it. So <laughs> this is good. We're here to enjoy ourselves and to laugh because sometimes we do need to laugh in life. Life can be tough. There's four beautiful pictures here. I want you to just take 30 seconds to have a look at them. They might be a bit small, so I'm sorry if your eyes are struggling with the light or, you know, you struggle with sight. Just have a look at them. And for those who are listening on the podcast, we've got four images. They're dark images. There's even people in them. It seems like there's no way out. Very dark, somber, gripping pictures. The first one, I relate to this man up here on the top left. This, this is what I relate to a lot. You can't see the wood through the trees sometimes. But there's light. It's whether you choose to look to go down the light. You've got the next one, top right. Guy standing on the edge. Just over the edge, looking, contemplating. And if he just looks up, you can see the light. And then bottom left, we've got a dark room. This is quite tricky to see, but it's a dark room. I don't know if anyone can see on the right, so some blinds and a window. But how dark that is, it's down to perception, isn't it? Do you know when you go into a really dark place at first and you, you, you're tripping out because you, you, you like almost lose your feet because your eyes are adjusting, aren't they? But then eventually you get, you get comfortable to the light, don't you? There is light coming through those blinds. And lastly, this was quite a brilliant picture I liked. It's got a cross on it made out of light. And there's actually a person at the center at the bottom looking up to it. I'm here to talk about one word today. If you want to click it, um, this word. Has anyone been through or felt this word? Misery. Misery is defined as a state of suffering and want. It could be a circumstance, a thing, or a place that causes suffering or discomfort of an immense proportion. Or lastly, even a state of great unhappiness and emotional distress. Now, I want to make this really clear tonight with my time that I do have. In church we have these two extremes where we see that emotion can be seen as a bad thing. You must be of faith. You must be of the Spirit. You must have faith. And we heard it in Romans chapter 12, verse 12 from Ali. Be joyful in hope, he said. Be joyful in hope. Now that's a challenge for some of us. Some of us it comes easier, doesn't it? For many in my Christian life, I've been a Christian 12 years, just over 12 years now. And this man here will tell you, it didn't take me much to be at just operating the joy of the Lord. We'll just leave it there, but until I come across a true state of misery. If we go to the next slide. We're just saying this so we, we work as a team. So know how it is. Oh baby. So I don't tell people what I do for a living, but this is what I do, because I can tell you that, because I'm not being there too much longer. So you can think of what you want of me. 
I deal with dog fouling, fly tips, antisocial behavior, and more. But this is me. If you look at, look at this man, and for those on the podcast, I'm, I'm in my uniform, I'm at work. I've been in the job a few months, not long. And what do I look like? Look at my face. I look like I'm smiling, don't I? But I'm going through utter misery. Utter misery. And that's why I've got this picture next to it. Because in church, we wear masks sometimes, don't we? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is good. Yeah? Those things are great. That's why I said, I want this meeting where we have some balance. We're not going to get it perfect. But I'm just here to just bring a new dimension about darkness and light. Because sometimes we pretend that we're in the light when actually we're suffering the darkness. And if we don't accept that we're in the darkness... We're just playing confusion. We get stuck in a state of cycles where we can't break free. And that's where I was at. I was wearing masks. I think there's another picture as well, please. Yeah, look at this one. For those in the podcast, there's this um, head and there's a guy sat in a state of misery and um, despair and lacking in direction. Dare I say even resentment. This is what I call, and what a, a gentleman in the 16th century was a Catholic priest called, the dark night of the soul. It's called Obscura Nox Anime, or La Noche Escura del Alma, the dark night of the soul. And this guy had a revelation of the dark night of the soul. And some of you are thinking, All right, well, come on, Rory, where's the scripture, where's the Bible? It's coming. Sometimes we need to understand that there's people in this room, there's people in church, and there's certainly people out of those doors who are experiencing a dark night of the soul. We will get to light, I promise. The dark night of soul is not merely having a bad day or even a bad week. The dark night is long, pervasive, and a very dark experience indeed. If you're experiencing the dark night of the soul, you will constantly carry around within you a sense of being lost. Your heart, in some shape or form, will be mourning. And this is because you long deep down to feel the presence of your soul again. You feel totally alone. You don't know many, if any, people who have actually gone through this. You don't feel like being bothered with loved ones or friends that don't actually understand. Because they, they either think that you're going crazy or that you need help or even their own fears arise about it and makes matters even worse. You barely have any energy or interest anymore. It just seems all grey. A fog. A battle that seems unending. However, it's imperative and there's a lesson to be learned that we can't stay in the dark. It's okay to be in the dark can't stay in the dark. If we go to the next slide, this is one of my spiritual heroes, and this is the message of my preach. In the shadows, I will arise. Da means yes in German, young man. And it's true. In the shadows, I will arise. In the shadows, you, my brother, will arise. In the shadows, you, my sister, will arise. In the shadows, you, my brother, will arise. If we go to the next slide again, please. 
This is the guy I'm referring to. This guy, I just want you to write his name down and read about his life. This man took all the risks for Christ and went to Myanmar, Burma. He was the first missionary out there. He wrote the first Bible translation into their language for them. And these two quotes sum it up beautifully about this dark night of the soul and this darkness. And he came to a certain point that changed his perspective for life. And this is one of my most inspiring quotes I've ever read. The first one on the left, God is waiting to be gracious and is willing to make us happy in religion if we would not run away from him. We refuse to open the window shutters and complain that it is dark. Remember those window shutters? And then lastly, this is the most beautiful thing that I've ever read. This has broke me down in tears and this was something of having a revelation, the dark night of the soul. After losing multiple children from fevers and childbirths and even wives, he chose not to quit. And he said this, while therefore your tears flow, let a due proportion be tears of joy. Here we go, it says, yet take the bitter cup with both hands and sit down to your repast. You will soon learn a secret. There is sweetness at the bottom of the bitter cup. Go to the next slide. I want you to write these scriptures down because sometimes in church we read things that can go by quite quickly. And because of his time and my time, I do want to honor the word of God, but the book of Lamentations, when was the last time you read that? Exactly. I'm reading the room. Exactly. One of the most forgotten books in the Bible. The thing is about Lamentations, it's about validating our emotional distress about the dark night of the soul in our lives. When Israel was made captive and they lost everything, the Babylonians came. This is written transcripts of the distress and the outcry to God. So you know when you feel bad about being upset and you think you should just be praising the Lord? He wants you to express and cry. And it might be some harsh words exchanged. That doesn't shock him. He wants you to release them. And the, the message of the book of Lamentations is there may yet be hope. Can go to the next slide, please. Sound like um, Chris Whitty, don't I? Here's another amazing scripture. And this is the one key about the sweetness at the bottom of the bit of a cup. It's hope. Quite a mysterious word. Something you can't touch, smell, taste or feel, Right? Just like the window, it's there. And this is where I want to guide you, encourage you out of the darkness to. It's finding hope. Israel, again, dark place. In the book of Micah, chapter 7. The first six verses are all about distress and the dark night of the soul. And it says, But as for me, I watched in hope for the Lord. I wait for God, my Savior. My God will hear me. It says here, it's beautiful. It says, Israel will rise. Not might not might take a few but no it just says it will we need to hear that sometimes it will be better it will be all right it says do not gloat over me my enemy though i have fallen i will rise though i sit in darkness the lord will be my light you can go to the next slide please and that's a really cool um 
picture that I want to guide you to that if you search the internet, they have these for all the books of the Bible, and it pictorially shows you and breaks down the book for you. Um, it's such a cool picture, and they're called the Bible Project, so if you want to write that down, it breaks it all through. And, and look, Lady Zion's grief and shame, and it's just like, look, she's on her knees, bottom left, she's in such distress. We need to start reading these things together, even me, talking about myself, where we're not just reading for the sake of it. Like, these people were in great distress like we can be. If you go to the next slide, please. And there's a close. I want you to write some of these down that you might think might help you, because they've helped me. Sometimes I couldn't ask God for help, you know, the last two years when my baby died, and then three days later my stepsister took her own life. I was in such a dark place. I couldn't even ask God for help. All these things on the list, those first few months didn't help me. And I need you to know that from the front here. I've been given the privilege to speak for this mic, but I'm going in tonight because I'm, I'm not holding back. People need to hear this. There's people that believe in Jesus wholeheartedly, that their salvation is secure, and they're, they're looking forward to that day when they die. But I was utterly suicidal, depressed, and I didn't know how to ask for help. But just by holding on, just one day at a time, that the tide may turn, as we heard the other week. I just want you to just look at these and write them down. They've helped me at different times and different proportions. Even remembering what God said. I didn't really want to hear what God said. Because what I thought God said, my baby died. And it didn't quite line up. So there's a lot of anger and confusion. And sometimes as Christians, we think God has said certain things. And then we get upset, don't we? Totally valid. And I'm still working my way through that. I'm not 100% there. But I'm in a lot better place than I was. Because I'm holding on to hope. That God is going to deliver me. God is going to provide. Um, silent contemplation. Just another 30 seconds, 60 seconds. Silent contemplation is a, a powerful thing. Just to sit in quiet. Because that's what happens in the dark night of soul. You're left with a predicament. You have to sit there and work out all your belief systems, all the structures, everything that you've ever thought helps you. Everything drops to the floor. And you have to work it out. Join a support group. We've got house groups at the church. Join a, a mental health support group. I run one. That was one of my healings out of this, calling light in the shadows. Go for a walk. So therapeutic. Text a mate. As I tell you, I help a lot of people. And this is not a dick. I help a lot of people. But when I'm dark, in my dark times and I'm needing that text, very few people text me. He's one of them. And I think, flipping out, I help so many people. So don't rely on the fact that people are going to reach into you. Try and reach into them if you can. And it will make you feel better. Call Samaritans, free phone, 116123. They're amazing, 24-7. Talk to a mentor or someone that you look up to in church, perhaps. Speak kind things to you and others. That will stir up hope within you. Be grateful for what you have and not which you do not. I learned something so beautiful this last few weeks. I was at a mental health workshop running at Hillary's Blinds for Enlighten. And this guy said something beautiful. He said, we're doing a gratitude session. He said, I'm grateful for the positive thoughts that come in my mind. Wow, that's a revelation. Attending church. Do you know when you're down, depressed? You don't want to come to church. You don't want to talk to anyone, right? 
I felt like that. Try pushing if you can. Go to church once every other week if you can. But you know, it's, a, it's always a slippery slide. And then you're isolated spiritually. Yeah, so it's really important that if you can, just try and push through. Because I've struggled with that. Try doing what you love. Sometimes, you're, again, it's like trying to do, remember the things that you love. Because actually, half the time, the problem is that you, you can't be bothered. Because that could be a battle. Here we go, it's a big one. Last two, make your bed. If you can't do anything, you can make your bed. So there's different ways of making your bed. There's one where you pull it all the way through and all the minging germs and the smell get trapped. I don't get that. I like to make it straight and pull it over like that, just air it out. So it's still making it. However you like to make your bed, it's, it's a first achievement you can achieve in that day. So when you feel so depressed in that dark night of your soul, you think, oh, God, this, oh, no, I can't do anything. If you made your bed, you've... That's an achievement, yeah? I know it sounds quite patronizing, but I'm just giving you real little tips to just write down if you need to. Because some, some of you, I'll be blunt, I know I'm just over by a little bit, but some of you haven't, you, you might not get what I'm on about, and that's okay. Some of you might think, oh, that sounds a bit sad and all that. And I pray to God you never go through any of these things, but it's good, best to be prepared than not. And oh man, hygiene's massive, so even just going for a shower, Sometimes when you're dark night of soul, you can't be bothered to have a shower for a day or two and it's minging. But I'm telling you, when you have a shower, purifies big time. Just, yeah, I know you keep saying just lastly, but this is lastly. I had um, suicide ideation, so suicidal thoughts come back this past summer after a categorical abyss of horrible external circumstances coming my way, just left, right, and center. I'm not going to oh, it's the devil or anything. It's just, it, it's life, right? And it wasn't nice. And I had this horrific suicidal thought drop right in my head. Must have been from the devil himself, obviously. I know I said I want to blame him, but it, it just came in my head. And I went, Rory, you're going to go for a shower right now. You're going to pray. And then literally, if I went one way, it would have been the end. And I went the other way. And I was getting this mad spiritual downloads from God, all these revelations about stuff moving forward for my life. So just those little subtleties, God can work in them. So I really hope you got something out of this. I'm a living testimony. You can arise from the shadows. In the shadows, I will arise. You need to know that. I'm proof of it. I should be a statistic. 5,111 men killed themselves last year, and I, shouldn't, I should be one of them. So it should have been 12. But God is faithful, and I have hope, and I pray that you have hope too. And um, I hope you enjoy what Rich has to say too, because I know he's prepared something cool as well. All right. Thank you for listening. Thank you.